I'm James. And I'm Stephen. And you're listening to The Big Gay Bucket List. In every show, we're going to be talking about one of the perils or pleasures of growing up gay in Ireland and our own personal experiences here in Dublin. But James, tell us what's on our bucket list today. Oh lordy, it's Camp Euphoria, a satellite of gayness. This fairy tale might leave some begging, why me? But there's no denying that like a puppet on a string, we're all captivated by the wild dances of these rock and roll kids. This week, let love shine a light. We're talking about all things Eurovision. Did you catch all those? I I certainly did. (laughs) We're going to have a checklist now towards the end to see how many of them I know. Fabulous. But James, before all that, let's put the kettle on for co-host catch-up. So, James, tell us, um, what have we been up to together? Oh, well, gather around, children. We've got a story for you. Actually, no, this this is definitely not a a child-appropriate story. Children, get out of the room. Yeah, absolutely. Go now. (laughs) I think I'm officially done with Emerald Warriors events. It's it's too too dangerous for me. I make too much of a show of myself. I'm sorry. I'm I'm glad I did force you, though. So, the Emerald Warriors had their AGM um, last Friday night. So, James really didn't want to go. um, And I I forced him there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then I was strong-armed by my housemate into going. He he literally, I basically said, I'm Canceling. I'm not going. I, I just want to sit, sit in this weekend. I'm not going to do anything. And he's like, "No, you have to come on." So he forced me upstairs, put the shirt and the tie on. And I mean, in the long run, probably in terms of podcast content, I'm happy that. I went. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what we're always thinking, isn't it? Oh, That's it, this will be a yeah. funny podcast. It is. Story. That, the meeting went on quite a long time. It went on too long. It did. It, it was. It was. It was a long. It one. was painful. Um, but I would say that uh, you got an awful lot of compliments about the uh, the, the <laughs> Queen of the Warriors show, didn't you? A huge amount of compliments about the Queen of the Warriors show. Stephen, well done. I really did. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. I really, yeah, a one man <laughs> show. <laughs> now, to be fair, I did tap your arm at one stage, and then you got a compliment. I did. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah, my yeah. fault that you're not the presence in every room. Uh, no, that's true. It's it, it, it's not it's not your fault that I'm like I'm the the the, the shrinking violet in the corner that people hardly recognise the effort I put in. It's okay, I'll get my rewards in heaven. But there's always somebody that has to take the credit and somebody that like, <laughs> makes the show good backstage. So exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. okay with that, though. No, absolutely. I'm the Michelle Visage, you're the RuPaul. It's just how it goes. Your breasts are just as big, so... I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not, because you're losing weight. Look Fabulous. talking. I know. <laughs> But yeah, we 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 were going to go, we were going to go, we were going to go home directly after it. But then yeah, so just... I had like I really wanted a mad night out, and then after the show, I was so, or after the show, Jesus, after the AGM, I was so deflated. I was like, oh, so we had so one hot. drink, and it was in a hotel bar, so the drink really wasn't great. So after yeah. the first point, I was like, do you know what? I think we'll just kill us, yeah. just go home, get food, and go home, and then. James very politely asked if I'd like a second drink. A second and a third and a fourth. And then and we then, were on Lewis's yeah. Into Town. Absolutely. And I've got to be honest with you, it was uh, once we got to, to Street 66, it took a turn for me into sort of more of a... A party. Off, I think that's where, that's where the, the, the train went off the rails. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. The choo-choo train went off the rails. Um, I started off in Street 66 shifting the cleaner from work. I don't even know how that <laughs> happened. So I went up to the toilet and as I was walking by, the, the, the cute Brazilian cleaner from my office was like, hey. And I was like, hey. And then he just leapt on me and I was like, fair enough. I'm I, will, into it. I will say that doesn't surprise me. So when I went to the toilet, so I've never spent most of my evening um, down in that front bar. Usually you always make your way up the yeah. back. But because the toilets are up the back, um, every time I we went up, it was like the twilight zone. Like it was, it was really calm and collective where we were. And then when we went up there, it was just a yeah. fucking mess. Like, people yeah. grabbing asses and people 
grabbing crotches and stuff. Now I loved it, but... You were like, oh yeah, get it into I it. know, but it's just a bit weird when you're coming from that atmosphere into something that was crazy. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but so we, both, we both ended up um, getting, getting lucky that evening. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I know, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> but it's too fucking mortifying. I, this is so unlike me. I um, know. I... <laughs> <laughs> I always do things that like are planned or I I just I controlled fun is better fun for me (laughs) when it comes to sexual events but um so I left town uh, organized strictly organized fun (laughs) (laughs) skipping over all of the lot of drink you had between streets oh yeah no absolutely I mean that's well Martin you you were there to witness it I I think that well I I'm gonna hold my hands up and say that I was completely shit-faced there there was there was no I thought I was okay I'm not a reliable witness I can't <laughs> There's I some have, fantastic photos, though. There's a picture of you with the, an umbrella that I, I think I, I like. I just think you should make that your profile photo for everything. Oh, I, 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 I took <laughs> the less photo. said, the better about that umbrella. <laughs> but I had it in my head, um, and I think James, I tried to coerce you about an hour beforehand to go to Supermax in Temple Bar. Yeah, you did. So yeah. you weren't having any of it because no. you were trying your luck with that little boy in the corner. Um, so I left. And went to Temple Bar where I got talking to a I lovely. Don't remember that little boy in the corner? <laughs> His name was Manuel. Oh, was it? Oh, was that Manuel? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, he introduced oh, me to him. I just as had a flashback to when we left. Yeah. And he had ignored you for an hour and came over and then was like, "Hi." And you're like, "Oh, okay, oh. let's go." <laughs> I I get my comeuppance on him at the end of the story. Okay, Look, sorry, sorry, sorry. You mean he gets his comeuppance? He gets his comeuppance. Yeah. <laughs> So I made friends with two lovely busty ladies from Leeds that were over for the weekend in Supermax. Hi, hello. Yeah, they literally were. I, I think they were actually flirting with me and I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to go with this. <laughs> so I had my lovely food and then I I always do this really weird thing where I get um I get really annoyed at myself and like I'm walking home. I don't know why. You're punishing yourself for going yeah, over I the d- top. Yeah, I don't know why. So anyway, I decided to walk home. Um, cut I swear to, it's a long walk. It's two and a half kilometers. Okay, that's long. Ish. When your shit face yeah. is bad. Gives you a good 40 minutes to locate someone nearby on Grinder, Which is exactly <laughs> what I tried to do. <laughs> so I literally woofed and hayed and hey handsomed and you top you fun. Tap, tap, tap. <laughs> the whole time. You top 100 euro. <laughs> <laughs> literally the whole way home. And as I got to the apartment gate, uh, the sun had started to come up and the birds were chirping. And Gorgeous. I was like, I feel like a fucking 17, 18 year old going crazy. So when I get into the apartment... And obviously nobody had replied on my journey up, but when I get in, there was like an explosion of people. I don't know why, but maybe because I was static and they were like, oh, now I know where he actually is. Um, so there's this gentleman. Triangulating. Yeah. <laughs> there was a gentleman that um, he was over in Ireland on a trip, but he was with like, so he was in his 30s, but he was here with his family. So he's like with his mother and father and his other siblings. So he had a window of like 10 minutes and he... <laughs> waiting for them all to fall asleep. So he yes, literally, out. Or like waiting for them not to wake up. Um, yeah. So he, um, he, yeah, he left his and um, I met him outside a petrol station. Lovely. And offered my services and he offered his. <laughs> yeah. Very transactional. Well, sometimes at that stage of an, an evening, I think that's all it ever is, is it? And it? I think I... I thought I wasn't that drunk until like it happened and I was like, oh God, what am I doing with this fucking crazy person? But he seemed very nice, even though I didn't let him speak yeah. at all. Don't I know don't. his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, I was really like, mindful. Shh. I was like, <laughs> yeah, li- that's exactly what I was like. And then he let the gate slam. So my uh, my apartment is, is gated and he let the gate slam and I was like, oh. 
So he knew from the get go. Then he had to be quiet. Was like um, he put him in his that, place. That film, they had to be the quiet, the quiet place. Isn't it, John yeah, Krasinski? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't know. Never it. mind. Anyway. Yeah. But that's so transactional. Um, <coughs> and then he left, and then I collapsed into into a heap and into died. Into a heap. Into a heap and I mean, well, Manuel and I. Um, so man, this <laughs> somewhere across town. Somewhere. So yeah. <laughs> Later that night in Kimmage. <laughs> Kimmage really great. <laughs> I'm making myself sound fancier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he and I, he had ignored me all evening and then he came back over and I was like, well, there's nothing turns me on more than a, a man who sort of is, is, is unpleasant to me. So um, I was like, oh yeah, treat me poorly. Uh, we were walking down the alleyway by the George um, on our way down to the taxi place and then he was all like, oh, and like pushed me up against the wall and started kissing me and then this other dude came along. This one older man kind of came along and sort of stood up beside him was like staring I was like mm. and, oh and he was like he was like you want to move along move along move along and I was like oh, he's only watching and then <laughs> so, and was then, then, then he was like no like he has to go so I was like fair enough okay bye and then this other guy came along and um, he was a more attractive younger guy and he came over and started trying to join in and then I was like oh come on we're going to head back to mine do you want to just come as well and he was like yeah sure so the three of us got in the taxi back to back to, to Crumlin and we got back to Crumlin I don't know what time it was but it was um it had to have been after four. Yeah, so it was, it was late, late, late. And uh, we were kind of in the kitchen and we opened a few beers, put a bit of Eurovision music on <laughs> in, in, t- in keeping at the top for today's, uh, today's episode. Uh, and the dude who had arrived beside us in the street, um, who was an Irish guy, can't, well, we'll give him a fake name. Uh, I was going to say Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Bob. Uh, so Bob was... Um, Bob was then started getting a bit freaked out by Manuel and he was like Manuel's a bit of a weirdo I don't like Manuel and and I suddenly sided with with Bob so I was like yeah he is so um, I love that Manuel has a real name I know Yeah, I don't know. Well, you I, didn't know Manuel's name till today That's true So yeah. Manuel when I went over to try and rescue you from Manuel he was like hello I am Manuel <laughs> So I think he was more into me uh, you think everyone was more into you? <laughs> then when I had to leave and go and get Supermax, he was like, "Oh, when you uh, had to leave." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I, I'd love to stay. Stomach. I'd love to stay, but I have to get a snack box." <laughs> my presence is required in Supermax, yeah. so I have to go. Really they just g- they just gave me a miffed call. Yeah. <laughs> Your usual is ready. <laughs> it's been here all night, um, but no. So Bob took again, um, Manuel, and was very much like, "This guy's a weirdo. I don't like him." So I was like, yeah, you're right. Okay, let's let's go upstairs to my room. So me and Bob went upstairs to my room and left Manuel kind of like wandering around my house. And about like 20 minutes later, my poor housemate knocked at my door. I was like, James, James, <laughs> do you mind explaining why there's this strange man walking around my house mumbling and singing to himself and why he keeps trying to come into my bedroom? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh God, I'm so sorry. So then I, we, I got up and went downstairs to find Manuel. And when I got down to the kitchen, my housemate had, so I, for the, as part of the Emma Warriors, Queen of the Warriors thing, my gag thing was that I had a puppet that was singing the other part of the Taylor Swift song. And my housemate was like wearing the puppet and like, like he talked to me as it was the puppet. It was very bizarre. I, I don't know that that wasn't a dream. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> we need but to so I, I went and I got Manuel and I was like, look, Manuel, we've had a conversation. We think you're a weirdo. So I've, I've booked <sighs> you a taxi. Can you please leave? And he was like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, so your taxi's outside now. Can you please go? And I forgot, I hadn't realised I'd put it on my card. Please don't tell me you were that mean, though. Oh, yeah, no, I was. I was an absolute... You give out to me for being too nice people all the time. Stop shouting into the microphone for a start. No, I don't. You'd like (laughs) treat people with a bit of respect. Here's the thing, though. Just open the door and throw them out. Just don't say any bad words. Here's my side of the... uh, I was one 
kind of a throwback to last week's episode. Very disappointed in the way you handled yourself. But two, <laughs> Manuel was a fucking dickhead. Was he? We were in the alleyway outside the George saying our goodbyes and he just lands over and was like, okay, James, come on, we're going. And James was like, okay. And that's well, why I was so disappointed. In you. I was well, like, have a bit of self-fucking respect. <laughs> you should have broken his arm as well. Congratulations, James. I did. I kneecapped him and left him outside <laughs> the street. Wow. Well. Uh, no, so he, um, he, he was all like, what the fuck? Whatever. And I was like, okay, right, bye. You've got to leave. So then he went off and got into his taxi. And it was only the next morning I woke up and I had like a, a, a my taxi receipt for like 35 euro. I was like, where the fuck was he going? Um, well, now to be fair, if I'd have found out that it was on your card, I probably would have drove around Arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to see the man. Hang on, I just need to go and get an hour's worth of shopping. Stay here. <laughs> he swung by Tampa Bar Supermax before he went home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, he's looking for you. Yeah. Just wait outside the boiler house. <laughs> oh, wow. He actually stopped off by in Stevens' house. Oh, that's it, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. was it actually Manuel? <laughs> it wasn't Manuel. Uh, mine was a gentleman who was definitely Israeli, but I don't know his name. Okay, lovely. Yeah. So Manuel, I think, was definitely South American. Yeah, no, yeah. He, he, no, he was French. Why was his name Manuel then? Maybe he wasn't French. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not a reliable witness is to my Manuel own story. Manuel not a French name? No, Manuel's a Spanish name. Oh. But can you not be called Manuel if you're from France? Oh, no, but just, I'm just being typical. I'm playing devil. Like, you don't see many Rwandans called Patrick, so. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That is, that is true. Um, but no, so then. Um, Bob. The, Bob, the. the uh, Where Bob, was Bob when all this was going on? Bob was in my bedroom while all this was going on. Tied up? <laughs> no, well, I, I think that might have been what he was into. I, 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 it turned like I don't know. I I just am like it, it, I think that I might have actually targeted the wrong person as being the weirdo because Bob turned out to be considerably more bizarre. He just was like like nothing much really happened because we were both so shit faced, and he just he kind of kept trying to get me to like choke him, and then oh, he like he bit my arm. You can see there's like a bit of a bruise oh, going Jesus. on here. And I was just like, what's going on here? And I was like, oh, uh, actually, you know, we probably want to get home to your own bed. And he was like, oh, no, no, I'm from, like, you live way outside Dublin, so I have to stay here. It's like, okay, fair enough. And then, like, the next morning just wouldn't leave. Like, conversation, conversation, conversation. After the bite, I'd have been like, get the fuck out. Like, the man with the slap with me. I was like, do not slap me, bitch. Well, get I, out. I tried to, but he was literally like, I, don't, I can't get home until, like, the buses start running. So I would like, say there's a very comfortable chair in the attic. Go up there. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Get into my attic. But, um, yeah, so anyway, I think that what I've learned from this is that Emerald Warriors events are dangerous for me. I make an appearance at them maybe once, twice. I would put it to you that... Um there I wasn't much happening with that meeting. It was the amount of drink we had after. <laughs> we Potentially. Um, vodka Red Bull. Was that my idea or yours? That's always my idea. Yeah. After, I've had, after I've had a certain amount of points, that's where I kind of go. Because I'm like, I need God. something that's going to keep me awake. That's where I got the energy to walk home, that two and a half kilometers. Stomping. <laughs> Power is strutting. Oh, it really was. And then I was really mindful that this girl was Jesus. like beating. super queen. <laughs> <laughs> Just had a flashback to I went up to buy a round of drink and... Uh, at this point, I was just getting one for myself and a beer for someone else. Usually, I'd be in around with other vodkas and whatnot. And uh, I bought, asked for a vodka and soda, and I was given a vodka and Red Bull. And I took a sip out of it, and I was like, oh, no, this is Red Bull. And rather than going back up to say, I want soda, I just drank you it. You drank it. Yeah. yeah. That's the sign of a proper drunk. <laughs> Hangover. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was fine. Like, I wasn't hungover yesterday. I just, uh, oh, I yeah. Fine. I had to meet a friend yesterday as well for a few drinks. I was, it was a very low-key affair. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. So, anyway, did, what... Bob, how did he leave or when did he eventually leave? Like, Did you half, make him breakfast? Half, no, I didn't. I was like, all right, see, see you now. That's nice. And I, ran, like, I think around half 12, 1 or so. God. He was like, just oh, get your cue and leave. Mm. But did, did, just before we finish up, 
Did we see any of Manuel's bits? Yeah. Oh, we did. All right. We saw a bit of that. It got it got a bit that direction. When he was walking from... around the house. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, with the puppet. Yeah, with the puppet. Okay. <laughs> so did this? Oh God! I don't ask whether this started in the kitchen. <laughs> no, it didn't. That's okay. It started I've in, been the... in your kitchen. Because it, no. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, but no, it, it started in the bedroom. Then it moved back down again to because I went down to get like speakers or something. I can't remember the logistics of the evening. Sounds fun. Also, I think you should apologise to your flatmate. Yeah, uh, I already did. Fabulous. I lost, and I will again later on when right. I see him, and he can accept this as an official apology. Okay, fabulous. You should bring him home some supermax. I will do. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly where you should go. Where should I go? Supermax and have a bar. Yes. Something, something, a snowflake or two. All kinds of everything remind me of you. That was a fabulous rendition of Dana Rosemary Scallon singing All Kinds of Everything, which was the Eurovision winner in 1970 for Ireland. So James, also like Dana, we are all kinds of everything Eurovision related this week. We are indeed. Eurovision was a big thing though, wasn't it in Ireland? Uh, yeah, it, up, it really so. was. Because from around like 92 to 2000, we sort of owned the competition. Maybe, well, that, maybe yeah. like 97, 98. Yeah, we definitely did. Uh, we, kind of, we kind of owned it. Um, so our first win, do you know what year it was? God, to be honest with you, no. You don't know the facts. I don't know the facts and figures. That's what you're here for. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, this is this is this is this is, this is a unique episode of the Big A Bucket List where Stephen's the one who's done the research. I'm taking over <laughs> with the research just in my head because I was like a mass- total role reversal. I know <laughs> so you're going to bounce off Stephen. I know. Wow. Isn't this fun? <laughs> um, so yeah, so and there's a lot to bounce off. <laughs> this time next year. Um, so we Ireland actually holds the record for people that don't know, and hopefully those that are listening do know. Um, we've won the competition the most times so we've won it seven times um followed closely by sweden who are on six i think they've got a good chance this year actually oh i'm not sure i think that it's in my in my estimation i think the swiss entry is probably going to going to take it or maybe it? well the Azerbaijan one i like as well so anyway back to our wins yeah we won it in 1970 with dana we won it in 1980 with johnny logan what's another year we won it again in 87 with johnny logan and that was hold me hold now hold me now 92 don't, go. don't cry Please? Don't cry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. You're bouncing off me this week, remember? Sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, 92 was Linda Martin. Why me? 93 was Neve Kavanagh with uh, In Your Eyes. 94 was uh, Charlie McGettigan and the other dude with Rock and Roll Kids. So I just want to stop yeah. and just give a sense to the listeners, the smile on your face I as you're listing out this. all of these songs. I've only got one more to go. Oh, I'm sorry, friend. That's okay. Um, so then 96 was uh, Neve Quinn's The Voice, and that's the last time we've won it. Um, you're glowing. Correction, Emer Quinn. Emer oh, Quinn. Why, who's Neve Quinn? You, you had, I think you had Neve Kavanagh. Neve Kavanagh and Emer Quinn mixed up. Emer Quinn was 96. But I, 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 there was such a, such a, a sense of, of atmosphere, there was such an atmosphere around Eurovision when, when I was growing up. I, I do remember, I think, which of those stands out most for you? So it definitely was, um, and I don't know whether this is why it's my favourite Eurovision song, but uh, Neve Kavanagh, In Your Eyes, in 1993. Because I remember there was a lot of shit associated with it, because it was the first time that we were hosting it outside of Dublin. Yeah. So they hosted it literally, it was, um, it was in like a, an arena, a horse arena. In, in Mill Street. In Cork. And um, They have the big horse show down there as well. Don't yeah, they? yeah, yeah, it's a huge horse show. 
But um, and the BBC had commented that it was being held in a cow shed in Ireland, so there was massive, lots <laughs> yeah. of controversy about it. Um, but I actually that's probably my f- earliest memory of yours. Yeah. It's the first song I ever remember because it was quite a big thing in our house yeah. in Ireland in the nineties. Like you used to sit down, and you used to watch it through. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, I I think for me it was Linda Martin. That's like mint green velvet gown oh, she yeah. wore with, the with that pads. like that red hair. She it, like ten year old me. It was like literally giving me life. I was like everything I want to be. But that, and then I found kind of neat. Cabinet was a bit kind of like too wholesome or something. There was something like, do you remember that show Touched by an Angel? Oh, she there was yes, <laughs> there was something of that kind of vibe about her. Plus, like she was only twenty four. Yeah, she looked much much older than that when she was doing it. But I mean, everyone back in the day looked much. They much did. Older, That's um, fair. That's a fair did. point. But no, we, we I, I wouldn't have had my family's musical taste wouldn't have tended towards. So musically in my household, what we would have listened to was very much things like like Leonard Cohen and kind of other people singing Leonard Cohen songs. It was all like kind of very deep, dark music. So my parents never got super into the whole Eurovision thing, but I remember the first time I saw, the first time I really remember was that year when Linda Martin won and it was just like, oh my God. The queen has arrived. Yeah, and I was like, this is, this is like perfection. And it wasn't as camp as it is now, but still it was just like, this is, this is other Fantastic. And when I was a kid, I, I just every year it was like this massive thing for me. No, it was he, like musically, I suppose my mother would be very similar to me in that she would have been quite uh, poppy growing up yeah. and stuff. Um, so, but th- th- that's my earliest memory is Neve Cabinet. And also, it was people talk about political voting now, yeah. whereas Ireland and England have constantly since the Eurovision started and we first entered, we've been the exact same as everyone. Well, not really nowadays, we're, we're much less loose. Like last year, I don't now, think we yeah, gave, we, but like we, for years, we were before yeah. it became a inverted commas political show. Yeah, people forget that we we used to vote politically, and so did the UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Neve Kavanagh and um, the the reason why that year was huge was Ireland and England were neck and neck, and literally it was down to the last set of votes. Yeah, as to who was going to be crowned winner, and ultimately Ireland took it. Uh, deservedly so. Deservedly so. In your eyes, Neve Kavanagh, you brought it home for the she rock and roll kids. She certainly did. Yeah. And then she set it up, I suppose. Yeah. So three in a row, like that's unprecedented. It is unprecedented. And happened. even even if we do, I think even if we do lose our our sort of most wins, uh, stakeholding, we definitely won't. I don't think anyone will ever do a three in a row. Again. Nobody will ever match us. No, no, no definitely no. not. Um, but I suppose the talent coming through now with like. When when so many more countries started entering, they had to introduce the, the semi-finals. Like the massive talent started coming through as well, yeah. more so. But it is it is unusual because I suppose like the the song contest like blows up every year, and then you have all these like fantastic pop songs that come out of it. I'd say like so for me as a kid, loved Eurovision, was completely obsessed with it. As like a teenager, kind of fell out of love with it. I'd say it's since maybe two thousand and twelve. Now I've really gotten back into watching it every year and, and getting kind of like. To the point where I listen to the songs ahead of time, know who've got favourites in each of the semi-finals. Yeah, we'll always yeah. make sure there's an event going on. So there's a big long fallow period, uh, which I suppose was w- reflected where we were out in the wilderness. Yes, um, but yeah, the the big talent comes along, p- the, the big pop songs come along, but no one really ever makes it out of it. Like you don't see people like kind of growing to become like massive international stars out of it. Oh, so really, the only one that did become an international star was ABBA and Celine Dion. Well, Celine Dion, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But well, I don't think she came from that necessarily. But well, I suppose it put her on the scale. Like I, nobody would have known her beforehand. And, and Linda Martin, she's up all night to get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I, so Linda Martin clings to a God love her. Yeah, she does. Like, I, why not? Like, I, if I won the Eurovision, I would cling to it. Is yeah. it um, is it lined up that people are supposed to? Because it doesn't happen for people in X Factor, and that's the point of it. No, but I suppose I years ago it did. Um, yeah. I, but then again, Apple were probably a complete fluke that they did become so huge out of it. Yeah. Like, f- 
for instance, the United Kingdom voted Neil Poir for ABBA that yeah. year, and then they ultimately became the biggest selling band in the UK in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think voting has always been an issue with yeah. with Eurovision and political voting and stuff, but... Um, no, you're, de- you're, you're dead right in so far as that people don't make it from it. So what would be, say, two of your favourite songs from Eurovision? It's yeah. Totality. Yeah. Um, so there's a song that actually didn't win, um, yeah. and it's by it's Linda Martin. Yeah. So she sang for us also in 1984 um, and came second or third with a song called Terminal 3. Yes. And that's one of my favourites. But that was also written by Johnny Logan, yeah. which her winning song was also written yeah. by Johnny Logan. Um, so that one, and then In Your Eyes. It's the, the two of them. So you're like you actually are stuck with your like Irish. Yeah, no, th- don't get me wrong. I still love a lot of Eurovision songs. Um, Dana International is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, there was a song called Wild Dances by Ruslana. Oh, I'm obsessed with that. It's brilliant. Living it, living it. Yeah. Um, what, about, us? what about Mickey Joe Hart? Oh, we like Mickey Joe Hart and ca- captured everyone's lives back in 2003. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was because I was doing a bit of um, research, a tiny bit of research about the the, the Eurovision. I was because I remembered Eurostar being on and how like, and I think we just we we walked in we were so cocky. That's like we were smoking cocky. We were like, oh yeah, here we come, here we come we to have, win the Eurovision. We, we have got selected this, this individual. Yeah, yeah. 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 This is you might you might have heard of us. We're Ireland. We win the Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we sent him along and it's we've got the world finished in 11th position which at the time was considered one of the poorest results achieved by Ireland I'm like it has gone a, a lot, lot worse than that <laughs> but also on his on, on Mickey Joe's heart um, um, on, on his heart on his okay. Wikipedia page uh, which he does have uh, one of the one of the, the key pro- pro- <laughs> the career highlights is listed is Hart recorded an interview with Irish podcasting site podcast.ie on the 29th of January 2012 in Ballina. Wow, we need to get him on here. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, that's what if we had known that, we could have lined him up for this I, episode. I think he would have been delighted to come on. <laughs> he was. No, but I suppose that we, we had done really badly. Like, we nobody really had any interest in Eurovision until he, he had done that again because of Eurostar. Yeah. So even though it performed what we thought at the time was badly, I I loved the song, personally. Yeah, but it, like, yeah, and it went, like, number one here for, like, weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. But that was at the beginning of that kind of, like, new format of, like, music television. So Yeah, yeah like, so the year later, we introduced the semifinals as well yeah, to Eurovision, yeah, 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 which yeah. obviously changed things completely. But what about you? What are your favourites? So my two, my two favourites are, like, that I act... Oh, hmm probably both our winners and relatively recent ones as well okay. I, I think Alexander Ryback's fairy tale I absolutely love oh he sort of irritated me jumping around with his violin oh he's so cute though he is Ugh. so 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 cute and then Euphoria by Lorene like every year my Spotify every year it's on my Spotify top playlist well actually what's what, Lorene um, I remember my, si- my sister wouldn't have been a fan at all of the Eurovision yeah. and I remember her like say, list, listening to that song over and over and over again not knowing where it came from this before yeah. the Eurovision Um. I remember her texting me the night of Eurovision going, this is a Eurovision song? Yeah. So that is like, but that permeated dance clubs yeah, around no, everywhere. Absolutely. And it became but a the, huge people, dance People are trying to replicate that now. And you sort of seem like, like what's your man, um, Mans Zelimov, who won them with Heroes a few years later, like very similar format to even Fuego last year. Like it's very sort of like, it's trying to get that like Europop dance thing behind it. Absolutely. Um, I would say that one of my other absolute favourites from from the annals of history that didn't win would have been Gina G's Ooh Ah just a little bit. Yeah, that was a big that one. Was, but it didn't do well at all. No, and that was the year we won. So yeah. 96, that was the year with Ian McQuinn. Um, yeah. And I don't know why. Like, But it, then again, ultimately, that done better than The Voice. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Like, it, it, 
that song has all it has everything you need for a Eurovision song. Yeah, it's got Europop, it's got people jumping around, it's yeah. got high hair, it's got hot pants, it's got the whole lot. Yeah, so she should have done. She should have an awful. She lot should. Better. She should have done an awful lot. But I remember when that came out, I was just like, "This is like," because I think that Eurovision does have it. Sort of, it falls into sort of two halves, where you have the kind of the traditional side of it, which is about kind of representing the style of music from your own country and kind of trying to like you know do something serious and and that's i think that's where ireland has always done well in the past is because we've always sent like quite nice ballads and sort of had that celtic influence and they also have the like camp factor and i think the camp factor is what really has taken over now absolutely and things like i i, I think that gina g she was she, she she deserves better from history also katrina and the waves love shine light i love that song yeah i liked it but it was just it was very it was no look at the time it was a perfect eurovision song but yeah. um you're like no no yeah not I'm, for you i'm not a huge fan of that sort of melodic sort of everyone together all we are all one europe song i don't get that that's not really <laughs> i'm like oh come on just give me a piece of yourselves yeah one of the like weirder songs because i i do listen to uh, uh like there's a, a spotify eurovision winners playlist that i listen to quite a lot at this mm. time of year yeah um that weird one from like ages ago save all your kisses for me brought another man yeah 1975 uk <laughs> you, you are you are you were like you were like a live version of wikipedia but it's funny i only know like facts up until probably 2000 and then when like from 2000 on yeah i have a couple of favorites but i just don't know the history of it more so yeah i just think it's, it's, it's all to too remember. it's all too modern for you it's too modern that's it too go modern back, for you go back yeah. to the old ways <laughs> yeah. that was a, but that's kind of a creepy song if you listen to the lyrics i know that's what i'm saying it's like very much weird. like it's like save all your kisses for me baby you're only three yeah it's, it's disgusting bizarre it is yeah. bizarre yeah um there's also a really fun fact. Um, so you know, Bucks Fizz, yeah, uh, obviously won, and Making they won in Ireland. Making their mind up, yeah. Um, so they won in '81 in Ireland because we had won the year before, yeah. so we hosted it in the RDS. But um, so they had those skirts that velcroed off, yeah. So apparently, um, in the 48 hours after that song had won, Velcro had completely sold out in Europe. <laughs> Everyone wanted this Velcro phase when they went to. They wanted to go to the disco clubs. When they wanted to Woo-hoo! go to dancing in Dublin, they they would Velcro themselves off. Oh, and of the of the like modern Irish winners in the last kind of say decade or so, because we haven't been doing particularly well. Modern Irish winners, we haven't had any. No, modern Irish singers, singers, contestants who've gone in. Like, what would you say? Kind of, who would you say would be the the best that we've had? Oh God, um, I really, I actually think do you know what, Jedward. I I, like, I was just going to say, I think that they've been the best. They, I think they, I think that Lipstick actually deserves to have won. It really it did. Was, was it the same year as Lorraine? I think it might have been. No, I don't think so. I think it was um, the year that Germany won with Satellite. Oh, okay, okay. I think okay. it was that year. Um, Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll do a bit more research yeah. on that. But um. But no, I, I think that they absolutely, they solidly deserve to win. And I think Waterline wasn't as good a song, but it was still like very I think fun. they suffered with, oh, they're here again. Yeah. Syndrome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I think I think Ireland got behind them. I think Europe got behind them because they loved the fact that it was like these two crazy twins. Yeah, doing absolutely. This. Yeah. Um, but that definitely was a highlight. And actually, um, yeah, one of one of my one of my favorite Eurovision songs. Yeah, I would say that the quality of song that we're putting in has improved in the last two years. The, a lot. The one for this year, I think, is really really good. And the one last year, I really enjoyed as well. I thought I think this year is really bad. I don't really. Like it. I th- I think it's such a cute song. I don't know what it is. I just can't. I can't take to it. Oh, you have to give it to Sarah. I always just think. I, but the problem I think with Ireland is we're always two years behind the rest of Europe. Yeah. So we always put a song worthy of a winner two years before. Okay. It's like as if we we lag in catching up with where it is. Yeah. Um. So the the sort of songs like we we go melodic when everyone else is dancing, and then when the song like um 
that 1944 song that yeah. was really melodic and really pla- like yeah. when that one we were putting out dancey stuff yeah no I see what you mean yeah. I just don't think we, we, uh, but we I, I don't th- I think that we need to just accept as a nation that we with the exception of Jedward as sort of a notable sort of we, we can't do that sort of camp performative stuff like we tried it with Dustin that was the worst thing we've ever done a complete um, laughing, laughing stock <laughs> yeah we were and I, I think that we need to kind of just stick down this road of like we do what we're good at which is nice ballads or kind of like well actually yeah last year your man Ryan that was Ryan a Shazzy, that was a gorgeous song. and people thought he was going to do really well because it, it became quite a big thing yeah well I think that's, it, it benefited hugely from the kind of we'll say controversy around it yes, um, and yeah. the whole thing with them kind of pulling the coverage of Eurovision in China because they were going to they were going to China were going to edit out the tattoos that I think the like some of the Scandinavian guys had and they were going to edit out the, that performance uh, because it was two men dancing together and then the Eurovision were like uh, no you have all of us or none of us yeah. um, so then people kind of got behind that and I think last year as well b- because of the sort of I think like the gay rights propaganda stuff in Russia I think it kind of got buoyed up yeah bit. that's um, that's fair the pink the pink folk up behind the pink, them but yeah but not not to the extent that it did behind um so I have a controversial opinion to put forward yeah. in regards to Eurovision. And I feel like I'll represent some of our listeners. Oh, yeah, well, we need that. I hate Eurovision. Why? Oh. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, I've no interest in it, but I think it boils back to something deeper. Oh. Rural Ireland and a foreign concept by today's standards. One TV in the house and this fucking show that I didn't want to watch on once a year. And I think it stuck with me. Well, you see, that's exactly <laughs> the reason why I love it was the exact same reason was that it was stuck on and you had no choice um, and also I'm probably gayer than you yeah probably yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, 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 I do I have one it. song yeah. from Eurovision over the last few years that I really like and it didn't even make it to the final oh, oh. I'm gonna play it now oh give, give us a blast it's totally ridiculous by the way and that's why I like it do you know it yet? no yes. Of the polar caps, felt the radius of the This sounds like something Flight of the Concords would make. Yeah, it's a Latvia entry from 2014. It's kind of fabulous. So he's done it quite a lot, he's had a lot of achievements. But today. I've got a cake to bake. <laughs> For those who've oh, just yes. joined in, this is the new entry music to the Bake Off this year. <laughs> Wait, to, listen to the backup singing. Uh, James, this is all you. Like, you're going to be all over this. this. We're all dancing along here. Yeah? What a tune, right? Tune. While we're on it, though. Do you want to stick on something old? Like, we, we can we have you a crazy one that we should the three of us should stick on? Uh, yeah, okay, I'm gonna think of my crazy one. That that is so. Like the artist from Mine Martin is called Verda Seduchka. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of my favorites. Uh, this was a, a huge one for the Ukraine. You remember oh, this? Oh yeah, with the star on his yeah. head. Oh. So this was a huge one, and I even love the dancing in it. Sieben, sieben, I know you. Sieben, sieben, eins, fine. I love it. It's my can classic. Martin, do you love the Eurovision now? Definitely not. <laughs> Dancing. I love that. I want to do. I want to do that for drag. Yeah. 
So James, what's yours? I have to remember what it's called now. <coughs> it's going to annoy me. Yeah. This is actually just one that's not. I can't. I like literally can't remember the. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to remember the name of it because it was it was like a Bulgarian entry from like four years ago. Fire. No, it was called like something like Better Than or Better Tomorrow or something like that. It was like this big like power ballad sung by this uh, hugely big overweight woman. Actually, my favorite one is, is not a camp classic really at all. It's the Maltese entrance for this year that I don't think is going to do very well. It's by, it's called Chameleon by Michaela. Oh, that's just her name. Michaela, <laughs> <laughs> Michaela Strachan. <laughs> Michaela Byrne, 19, from Kildare. We should have got Marty Whelan in for this. We uh, should have. Yeah. See, it's not as ridiculous as your last two. Those two were brilliant. Ones. So this is just a serious one. This is an actual one. Because I, like, like, I just can't. I can't think of any of the camp ones today. Like. Oh, the quirky, funny host can't think of a good one. Yeah. Oh. The artistic one doesn't know. That's quite a lovely song. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. See, I'm all about quality. <laughs> That's why I went home with some random man yes. and it's, and the friends that I saw. Quite nice. My favorite one actually isn't in the competition. Well, that uh, can't it's win. Siren Song by Marvu, but the um, the Ukrainian one that got kicked out. Okay, it was brilliant. It deserved to win. Why did it get kicked out? So controversy. Um, actually, we will we'll maybe segue now into the talking about political Eurovision. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just where I check out the um, <laughs> take a seat. So this. This year, the uh, Ukrainian entry competition won this this woman called uh, Marvu, won with a, a song called Siren Song, and it's brilliant. It's it's such a banger of a pop song. And she was asked to sign a contract where basically she said that she wouldn't perform in Russia because there's obviously a conflict going on between Russia and yeah. Ukraine. And she was like, uh, no one told me I was going to have to do this. Most of the performances I do are in Russia. If I do that, I'm not going like, to really affect my career. So yeah. she's like, no, I can't. And then they were like, okay, well, then you can't represent Ukraine. So she was like, fine, that's a pity. Uh, and then they offered the people who had come second, third, and I think fourth in the competition the opportunity to take the space. And they were like, based on that contract you offered to her, we wouldn't do it. So then they've withdrawn entirely from it, which is a pity because I actually think that they had a terrific chance of winning if that song had stayed into it. Um, but it brings us into a new area, Eurovision. Everyone tries to say it's apolitical, but I think it's extremely political. How do you balance it, particularly this year when it's in such a controversial location? Well, I think nobody is claiming apolitical anymore because it's gotten so political in last years. But I, I but I, I think, think a lot of the, but I think a lot of the defense when people say when people say like, oh, it's a very political con, when people try and make accusations of it being political, the answer always is, is like, oh, it's about the music, it's about like bringing people together. Like and I would even have that kind of attitude towards it to a to a degree because I would feel a little bit edgy about even watching it this year because it's in Israel. Oh, God. Really? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, really. Well, I I don't know. So I I don't have enough facts to make a, a proper judgment, but I suppose it. The there was w- nothing in Mickey Joe Hart's Wikipedia entry about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I I tried. Mickey Joe but, says no. But no, it's, it's a very it's a complicated issue because. The way that Israel behaves around Palestine is absolutely appalling. The way that they've treated the Palestinians is appalling, and and that is a is, is an issue which you kind of need to to take into consideration around whether you're going to be supportive of it. But on the other side, then like when it was in Azerbaijan a few years ago, which has no terrifically issues. poor like people absolutely. weren't kind of taking huge issues against that. I suppose the one difference is that unlike Azerbaijan, Israel kind of presents itself as if it's kind of a very kind of you know it's, it's a western democracy which treats people fairly so you kind of say well we have to hold you to the standards that we hold other co- western countries to and you aren't behaving that way in this particular thing mm. but i think is the 
but then it's like well eurovision is meant to be something that's about bringing all of europe together so perhaps it's something that we should just say let's i i'm i'm for that um Yes, I understand there's issues. Yes, I understand. Um, I, I actually feel in every single country you could have that argument. But that, yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. It's like when, yeah. when like the Russian entries were coming in or even kind of, yeah, once you go like... Even Ireland, England, like our own, um, oh, we have to give them 11, 12 points just because they're our neighbour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it, we could have got into very much so we're not going to vote for them because of who they are and vice versa. But I think that there was an element of that though because I think so far as, yeah, we But if you actually look back, look back at voting patterns between no, Ireland but I, and the UK. That's what, but I think we all always did give them super high points until a couple of years ago and now um but there was still that kind of thing of like you know the way you always they're like oh, we have to beat the english yeah but at the same that. time we, we want to give them as many points because we want them to do really well as well yeah yeah, yeah. um i just think they're putting shit songs out well they have done this year's song is absolutely ridiculously bad. he was on graham norton a couple of weeks back he's horrendous yeah it's, it's really it's really bad. bad but i actually i actually do think like ireland the uk just aren't putting good enough songs out there yeah and i think yeah. the irish are recognizing that Plus, similarly to them, they're the same with us. They're not. They're not giving us no, the most used yeah. anymore. But I think that shows that obviously that people are listening to the songs that are there, and then they're giving the points based on kind of what it is. People, I suppose, the difference now, the last ten years at least, is that people have access to it e- a lot easier than yeah. they did. Like in the nineties, nobody would have went out and bought like a proper compilation. Of, well, I know. But I, I think. Have. But I think that thing. That's why I would say that one of the reasons that Eurovision has, has probably gotten bigger, people know the songs more in advance, is streaming services Absolutely. like Apple Music or Absolutely. Spotify. It means that, like, you don't have to make a point of going out and buying an album so you can listen to the songs. It's like you can just like dip in and listen to the. um, Like a lot of my a lot of my favorite songs, which I'm sure is the same with you, um, over the last couple of years, have been songs that um weren't particularly front runners, um, or or never or never actually won the competition, um. So yeah, I think that's because of the the onset of of streaming services for real. Yeah, absolutely. Back to the politics. No. Back to the politics. <laughs> Maybe no, no, not. no. I no, look. I look. I don't mean to. I don't mean just to blow um, whatever that word is. I'm trying to think of. I don't mean to just completely um, cover up what's happening because I yeah. understand there's real issues there. But I do think I, I do come from the mindset that is it, it is fun and it should be fun. Yeah. No, um, absolutely. And most people go into it with that mindset. No, definitely. And I, so, I mean, it was last year I went to Eurovision uh, in, in, in Lisbon and it was the absolute best highlight weekend. of your year. Highlight of my year. It was, it was a phenomenal weekend. And the whole, like, the Lisbon is a great city and I think you'd have a brilliant time going there whatever time you went. But, like, the Eurovision itself just added so much to the experience. The show was brilliant. Actually watching how they do it and they put it together was amazing. It was yeah. such a great atmosphere. And it was literally, like, people from all over the world. Yeah, yeah. And people were so, like, you know, you kind of... And everyone would, like, have... Like, everyone was identifying themselves by where they were from. So it was, like, you had people had, like, their flags from wherever it was. Like Spain, England, whatever. What sort of Irish flags on? And people were coming over and, and, like... It was just, like, a real kind of brilliant party carnival atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. And we were, That's like, absolutely, be. wherever it is next year, we're definitely going to go. And then when Israel won, it was, like, oh, maybe not. And, and it does put you into that weird position. But I would love to see it just stay something that isn't a... I'd love to see it something that stays something that is just about fun and about like you know kind of the camp enjoyment of life sure. and, and not taking things too seriously. I also do think though a barrier this year was expense. Like my oh yeah yeah yeah. Like my roommate would be an avid Eurovision fan would have went every single year and yeah. he's like political political issues aside. He just said it was horrifically expensive. Yeah. To get there, um, and then horrifically expensive for the actual show itself. Yeah. So. yeah. I suppose that's another barrier for people as well. But that's true, yeah. Which is why we, ni- we want a nice, uh, a nice Western European country to win this year. Yeah, Ireland. <laughs> yeah, Ireland. Sarah McTiernan for the, the win. The problem is, and I mean, Father Ted, um, so, like, Father Ted took the piss out of it for, for a long time. Um, 
the reason why Ireland don't want to win is because it's horrifically expensive to put on. I don't believe that. I don't believe I, that. I think. I, I think. I think that that is something like we made. We started. We made that joke and kind of like, oh, here we are again, having to host us another year. Jesus, we'll run out of money now. <laughs> no, it, it did nearly bankrupt the country. I, I mean, Ireland I think, was in the depths of massive, massive. Well, I, 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 I would 90s. say that I, I'm going to say like this idea of like, well, we don't put in a quality entry because we don't want to win. It's like we don't have a chance. We're not going to win, whatever. Regardless, we're not in the running anymore. We aren't a front runner. It's between the Nordic countries and the kind of more Mediterranean bloc. That, that's where the... I don't disagree with you by saying we don't put quality forward. The reason we don't put quality forward is because we don't spend money on it. I don't agree, though. Because I, like, agree I, would say, I would say that if... You know, without, without sort of seeing him... Without getting political. <laughs> but no, I would say if you look at the amount of money Ireland spends on their entry, it's probably a, as much as the majority of other countries. I'd say probably even more than some countries. I mean, no, I mean, from, I mean from grassroots up. I mean from songwriting. I mean from everything. I mean from costuming. Everything. That poor girl, like she's wearing a Penny's dress in her in her CD cover. She's wearing a Penny's dress, which is fabulous. And Thanks, congratulations, man. Sarah. But I'm sorry, she people need to. Spend what should, what should she be in? She should be in a something. Marilyn Monroe original. She should be in something like fucking a huge Versace. Sequin, something fabulous. A sequin cloak with a massive big star in her head. Absolutely, <laughs> that's what wins Eurovision. But, but I, well, no, I don't think it does though. Because if you look at the guy from the the Portuguese guy who won two years ago, like that was such like that was such a simple. Like it was a little sort of like twinkly ballady song. It was kind of very old Hollywood. He kind of felt a little bit La La Land in that kind of quieter moment. And that one with very subdued staging and a very subdued performance, I think it, it does Absolutely. come down to quality. But we need to work. We, we, we need to go back and do our research and see where the money was spent beforehand. Because I'd That's say it's possible. I, know, I genuinely would say they spent a shit ton of money to get him there. I want the truth. Yeah. No, I actually am because I'm actually really interested now having the conversation. Is is how much people like allocate country wise, budget wise to putting on the Eurovision? Yeah. Are you saying that so there's forward. research and data gone in, a la Trump win to like how to win the Eurovision? Contest? I would I would definitely say so in the past. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely, it has to be. It's political. Yeah. Without us speaking too much about mm. politicalness, it is. Political. Yeah, so we're not getting political then, no. We're not no, getting political. The, the this, this is not a political podcast. It's about <laughs> we do fun. not have a point of view. Yeah, we don't. We have the we reason have no why though. It's like the reason why Jedward done so well was because Jedward literally put themselves in every single person, every single entrance, um, fucking dressing room for the three weeks that they were over there and and got their face out there. So I do think you need to infiltrate. Where are they now? Um, well, the last we saw them, they were They're on celebrity working coach in trip. Supermax in Temple Bar, oh. <laughs> <laughs> along with Mickey Joe Hart. Yeah. Um. He's their line manager. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mickey Joe was just outside um, busking. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, prefer yeah. to hear his music than Jeffers. But give us another firm favourite. Firm favourite for this year. This year. Ooh, the Norwegian entry is it's called is that what the one that's kind of uh, it's kind of grungy in parts and dancey or is that there's another nordic country maybe, maybe he's actually hang on maybe he's actually swedish is he oh i can't remember now too late for love is the name of the song by so john that's Ludwig. swedish the swedish entry gorgeous yeah gorgeous Fabulous man song. beautiful man yeah to be honest actually song. a lot of my, my choices this year are based on the attractiveness of the man because the swiss guy as well um the luca hanai guy he's Super attractive, and then uh, the Azerbaijani guy, Chingiz, his song Truth, I really like as well. But he's beautifully attractive. 
So that's what you're basing it on. Basically this year, yeah. Last okay. year I was like, I want Delaney Farina to win because she's like the most perfect drag queen I've it's, ever seen in my life. It's funny, I do. Um, that's the, what's the it called? Cypress Woman. Cypress Woman. Yes. Didn't, didn't win last year with Fuego, but should have won last yes. year with Fuego. Um, and I still listen to it. Oh yeah. All it's, the time. It's, it's in my top it's still, Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the, the few songs from last year that made it through. The other one of my songs from last year that I still listen to is the English entry Sur, that from my Suri um, Storm. It's a brilliant song. Is that not that? No, I'm thinking of Sarah Altel, which oh, is. Oh, Monstrous. Mm, that was that also was really great. good. Really good. Um, but, James, tell us anyway, we're, we'll wrap it up. But where will you be watching the Eurovision? I'll be. Before you do, I've just written a few quick fire questions. Oh, okay. do it. Yes. Yeah. I love quick right. fire Stephen's going to win this. Okay. Well, maybe not. Right. First of all, Eurovision parties, yes or no? Yes. yes. Oh, that was firm. Yes. <laughs> okay. Marty or Graham? Graham. Graham. Oh. Oh, very united front. Do you vote? I have, I have in the past. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and finally, Johnny or Dustin? Johnny. Johnny Logan. Johnny oh, Logan, Johnny. of course, yeah. Johnny's like our king. Obviously, that was a joke because who would go up against Johnny? Like Nobody, Nobody. would go against Johnny. If he went again, he'd probably win. I think he probably could. Maybe we should send him again. With Linda Martin. He could sing Why Me. Actually, we should just send, uh, I know, what is it, six are only allowed on stage? Send our last six winners. All together. Yeah. <laughs> As a group. Want. The yeah. power of six super groups. Yeah. They've become the new... Before, um, before, 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 we, before we, uh, we finish up then, who, in terms of the, the narrating or the, the, the presenting, uh, if Ireland was to win, yes, who would you want to present? Oh, very good. Um, I, I think it would have to be somebody young. I love that girl that used to be in Glenrow that hosts uh, Dancing with the Stars. De, what's her name? Jennifer. No, she, hands, she hosts like the spin-off show, like the after oh. party show. Um, oh god she's from Bray she was in, in um, I can't think of her name though but she's fabulous um, um, and then we'd have to have a stalwart with them see I don't I don't I don't trust any of the Irish stalwarts I mean like who are you going to get Ryan Tuberty no thanks no we probably would send him but absolutely no way um, you know about Glenda Gilson no not Glenda Gilson oh I, I, I like her to host it Catherine Thomas would be in there for me absolutely. oh Christ no, no. she's serious? on everything She's brilliant. No, That's she's why she's on everything. Horrendous. Oh, Ireland's fittest she, family. I'm into so it. She's so shit. No, I'm sorry. I'm against that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should probably Boot. just have like fucking Maureen from Wexford just come in and do it. <laughs> no, I now um, I, I was I was talking to Keen from Selected on their Eurovision podcast a little while ago, and we were talking about this, and I suggested Panty would be wow, oh, yeah. the, the ideal host. Absolutely, and I think that, that, that would that. be. That would be perfection. Because actually, she's super well known in Europe. Um, Panty and Anne Doyle, but Anne Doyle drunk. Anne well, Doyle with the glass. That's what she does now that she doesn't work for RTE. <laughs> so, um, I actually don't think that would be a, that would be a really good twosome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. We're gonna write a letter. I'm living for it. Come on, Sarah. Now, twenty-two. Do your best for us. <laughs> bring it home. Bring yeah. it home. <laughs> uh, but I will be watching it at a Eurovision party out in Clontarf. That sounds fabulous. And you'll be watching it. Um, so my housemate puts on—he's a massive Eurovision fan. So this is the first, probably the first year in a long time he hasn't gone to it. Yeah. So he's putting on a, a huge party at home. And Martin, I'm assuming you're not going. Not to watch going it. to be watching. <laughs> <laughs> Get into it, Martin. It's your—it's your history. I've lost my pen. Oh, oh no! Found it. Oh, thank oh. God! The highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> So James, tell me this week, what are you coming for or living for? I'm going back to basics and covering old grains that I tend to cover quite a bit. 
which is a social media habit that is annoying me at the moment. A social media trope or meme. Oh, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> which probably like in cut a couple his microphone, cut his microphone. Which is probably in a couple of weeks' time, I'll be like, absolutely like, oh my god, it's so funny, guys. Yeah, you totally. Because that right. has happened. I've turned around in a lot of the ones that I didn't like before. But no, so it's the um, I don't know who needs to hear this, but meme. I just I'm like, stop it, stop it. These are not funny. These are never funny. These yeah. are not good. Like I don't know who needs to hear this, but you have food at home, or I don't know who. To, it's, I, just, I love them. No, 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 no! I love no. all that. So I love meme trends. I I think yeah. they're fabulous. I, I particularly think... like the one that is like nobody ever, and then also social me. media. Absolutely, I oh, love that. Them. Was that's a no, that's like an offshoot of this one? This like nobody then. Yeah, yeah. nobody. Some... Absolutely no one on the earth. Social media influencers. Whatever, here's my dog. Hey guys, yeah. I you have all been listening in and yeah, like I love it. And what I love about the um I love what I love about the uh the meme trends is they literally only last for like fourteen days and then they go on. Literally, James, you are coming for something you've come for before. Social media trends. You can't no, I, something no, new, I know, please. No, categorized specific, specifically for this. I I just because 'cause I'm not you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, wherever it is, and it's like just stop. These are so annoying. It's like Blocking up your feed with like people's bad fucking tweets. But they literally there are trends. They after fourteen days they go again. Here's That's a sample. Here's a sample group. A focus group. Right. Seventy five percent of the room loves them. You're sixty six percent. Are you counting Shane as well? <laughs> I am counting my hangover. <laughs> oh, nice comeback. I think you're wrong. Well, all I have to say is. I don't know who needs to hear this, but your tweets aren't funny enough to screenshot and share on Instagram. I think it's super cute. Oh, you're wrong. No, I think, I think you're looking at them wrong. I think I'm not. I'm looking. At I them think right. the only reason you don't like them is that they're taking up your feed no, on you Insta with take your head to the side. Then you have to see them funny. <laughs> oh yeah! Now I'm into it. <laughs> no, I I don't because a lot of times. Um, you see, particularly these like big meme accounts will share things like that or like, you know, tweets that are in that format, screenshots. And it's like you go and it's they're not funny. And it's just like it'll be some sexy man's account that then will be linked to below. And it's just to like try and send followers on to. And I just I, I find this it's like if something is funny, then it's going to be funny. But a lot of them aren't funny and they get elevated even if they don't deserve it. I kind of think they're funny. <laughs> I just think, uh, to be honest, I think I think your leg would get a bit crazy in the top of your head. I think yeah. you just need to like let, it go. let it go. Let it go. I think you need to, yeah. Like I think the issue is that you're not seeing sexy naked men on your Insta account, and that's why you're annoyed. And that's all I want to see on my Instagram account. Exactly. That's why I'm on Instagram. So you need to unfollow all the pages that you follow. No, I can't do that because then people will send me them in a message and I won't be able to <laughs> fucking see them. <laughs> Which happens with us quite regularly, yeah. actually. You're silky nutmeg ganache. <laughs> oh God. No, I, I, I think I think they should be here to stay forever more. Okay, well then, other than that, what are you living for? Oh, I'm not living for anything. I'm coming again. Oh, right. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you have come for stuff the last few weeks, so it's okay. Or sorry, lived You've for, lived for stuff. stuff the last yeah. couple of weeks. I have, so I'm coming for flat tires, mm. which I think was done maliciously outside your house, James. Yeah, I know. I paid those children. <gasps> oh, you bastard. <laughs> I wanted to try and create some original content for the podcast. Yeah, well... <laughs> It is how you live your life. <laughs> it, it genuinely is how he lives his life. I'm no, I don't even. I was doing I was doing ridiculous stuff long before this <laughs> Long before I anyone made, could tell I made, I made a lot of bad decisions. You certainly did. Um 
So now when I went up to get the tire fixed yesterday, because I was told it could be fixed because the position, so there was a nail in the middle of the tire, but they were he was told the position that the nail was in in my tire, it was done maliciously. It, he said, there's no way you would have driven over something so perfectly aligned in there because it was so repairable. It was a tenor to get it done. Yeah. Um, he was like, no, it was definitely done maliciously. And it happened outside your house. You actually should, you need to get your flatmate to take the front wall down and put a driveway in so I can drive my car in and lock well, the Well, there is a little driveway, just you never park in it. I could, literally, a, a rabbit dog couldn't get into that. Like, his tiny little car last time was the only thing that fit in that. Nothing else would. You wouldn't physically get out of your car. Get a sunroof. I don't have a sunroof. Buy me a car with a sunroof. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a sponsorship deal. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming for um, Skanger Children. And I'm living for the idea of a fat man climbing at the sunroof. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had an accident at work? Was it your fault? Help, help, I'm stuck. <laughs> All the while, James is in the front sitting room with Mr. Fife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you bastard. <laughs> you wait till I'm skinny, bitch. <laughs> I'll get there before you, though, so it's fine. <laughs> You'll be back to fatness, I know, though. I know. The yo-yo will have re-yoed. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Big Gay Bucket List or follow us on our slightly less active Twitter at Big Gay Bucket. Lastly, you can email us to let us know what you think of the show to BigGayBucketList at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please spread the word and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify. And please leave us a review. They're so, 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 so important. The most important thing you'll do this week. Completely. Give to charity. We're begging for it. (laughs) (laughs) But before we go, there's just enough time to say thank you to Martin for all the wonderful techie news, techie things he does for us etc he was very techy today very with te- that techy and talky today yes. thanks martin you were great you need to be hung over a little <laughs> bit more uh, and thanks to you for listening to the, the big, big gay, gay bucket, bucket list, list.